Hey everybody, uh, welcome back to the Watchlist Podcast. I'm your host Jacob Boyer, joined today by my friend Stefan Fulton. How's it going everybody? Of, uh, FCMG, is it, it's just FCMG right, or Full Coverage yeah. Media Group? Full Coverage Media Group, FCMG is like just easier to say. <laughs> gotcha, yeah, 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 yeah. This is uh, sort of a collab, uh, I was on your podcast back in december so now we're just kind of yeah. returning the favor i guess but uh yeah it's yeah. uh yeah i had a blast on his podcast so if you I'll, I'll link to it in the description if you guys want to check that out uh so yeah Stefan is a, a freelancer kind of bounces around between all sorts of different productions uh oh, yeah all just kinds. give us a little brief introduction to you Oh, geez. Well, uh, I mean, this past week I uh, shot a wedding over the weekend. I was a second shooter for a company called uh, KJAD, um, which is uh, not just any day. Uh, mm-hmm. Great company out in Wilkes-Barre. And, um, you know, this week I was doing, uh, earlier today actually, I was doing a gig for uh, PBS. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm out in uh, at Arcadia University shooting interviews and doing all kinds of stuff like that. So it's, it's uh, I'm constantly doing different gigs as a freelancer. Um, right. It's great to have variety like that. I have ridiculous ADD, so it helps me kind <laughs> of fill in all of those gaps and keep myself distracted a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, last week I was shooting in an elementary school um play they had uh, they had mm-hmm. they put on this this big production and we actually got really good sound from the board i was excited that's the, uh, great yeah yeah it, it is the, le- the the place you'd least expect it exactly <laughs> yeah yeah it just so happened the principal's uh husband was like a sound guy and he came right. in with this big mixing board he's like all right guys we're doing this it was fantastic we're it, gonna do this we're gonna do it the right way yeah yeah <laughs> So uh, I, I kind of ask the same few questions to any guest I have who's in like a media related field. Uh, so, uh, well, first of all, how, like I guess very basic. How did you get your start in doing uh, wow. video and all sorts of different productions? Because like I mean, yeah. like you said, you're all over the map: weddings, plays. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you do music videos. I've seen work with mm-hmm. for TV studios. What like just how what what was the start for you? Well, uh, it, it really started with music. Um, I was I was in a band for a long time. I was in a, a couple of different bands. You know how the story goes. Um, mm-hmm. And I I was the one person that kind of knew how to use cameras. I had I had gone to the bomb school of art when I was younger, um, and I just used to doodle all over my tests and stuff when I was a kid. So my teachers kind of like, all right, go do this. You know, at the right place and they, they sent me off there that gave me an introduction to photoshop and digital photography and like all these different kind of things mm-hmm. and so later on in like in my college years um finally when i was when i was working with bands and, and all this stuff um i was playing music they they would like you know get a get a camera together or something and they'd be like all right who knows how to use a camera and i'd, I'd be like okay yeah it's me <laughs> it's me all right and eventually got my own um, got more interested in photography and I was doing it for other bands. I was starting to do like little music videos here and there. And since I was trying to dedicate most of my time to working with the band, um, I started to try and move away from like doing part-time work. Like I was doing kitchen work and, um, uh, like overnight security. Right. So instead of doing that stuff, I tried to move towards photography because you know hey if i can get paid to do this then that means i can spend more time with my band and and do more like work in that area and so um it just sort of like fell into place like that and eventually photography turned into you know cameras now have video functions so you start taking videos and bands are like yo man like you give me some footage of that and then you know you do it for someone's band and their brother hears about it and they're like oh hey you know my company needs a a video do you think you could do that and you're like 
sure, uh, let's give it a <laughs> shot. And you, you just kind of fall into these roles. Um, right. And so that's, that's really how it, it progressed with me. Um, I just started picking up, you know, different gigs here and, and people would hear that I'm a camera guy. So, you know, they would, they would ask me to do random things. And for the past like seven years now, I've been working as a freelancer. Um, it's crazy. Living up, I was living up in Canada for a long time. So I did it up there and then I realized, oh, hey, I have dual citizenship and the United <laughs> States has 10 times the population. Yeah. Maybe that's a better place better, to start a business. Uh, market to start out. In. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it, the last like three years have been very, very nice. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I'm I'm getting to do a lot more work in that in that sort of vein around here. Yeah, and which, there's nothing like that whole like baptism by fire almost thing because oh, like God, you said it's, sure. it's 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 a totally different. And we touched on this in your podcast, but it, it's it's such a totally different beast to like start off in like music videos and then jump into doing corporate and then jump into doing yeah. weddings. And it's it's just such a great way. I mean, there's there's no other better way to. Uh, figure out exactly where you're lacking than to jump from like one means of production to another to another to another absolutely you yeah. kind of strengthen all of all of them at once it's yeah and it's it's a lot of like experience right away um you know like sometimes things wouldn't go that great but i was always charging pretty low like uh, that's that was just how it it fell into place for me because i was um i minimized the cost of my lifestyle as much as possible i was living Mm -hmm. in a band house we paid maybe a 100 bucks each for rent um it was like dirt cheap but you know it was tiny little crappy places but we made it work um so having that support system definitely helped out um but there's you know there's there's all kinds of situations or like ways that you can make a career like that work just by like picking up gigs and working your butt off Exactly, um, and get, just making sure as many people as possible have that business card or have your name or yeah, can yeah, just as easily reach out to you. And it's 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 one of those balances. It's interesting where like you get to a point where you're like, okay, I I really want to do this creative stuff, but you know what, like I gotta do this thing. And then you you like you're working on this um, this paid gig that you know it it maybe doesn't fulfill you creatively as much, but you're getting what you need. Like right. you can pay your bills, and then finally you start getting to the point where you're like. You know what? I can do some creative things again. Make, yeah, and it starts exactly. to swing back that way. So it's it's just sort of the way that that um, that freelance career progresses, it just rises and falls. Yeah, every so often. yeah. And I, I feel like I'm I'm finally starting to get back to that uh, that creative part. Like I'm doing some interesting pieces with PBS and mm-hmm. and um, like this uh, the wedding work on the weekends is is like I, I find that a lot of fun right and i think especially because i'm a second shooter and not because i'm like <laughs> exactly hey, yeah. this is the once guy. you're the first shooter yeah it's uh, <laughs> a whole other level of stress yeah yeah but um it's you know that's something i've done before too like i mm-hmm. i um the first wedding i ever shot actually was someone who just sort of gave me their trust and was like hey you know bring your cameras and here's like it was like 600 bucks and mm. You know that was that to me back then that was huge that was like all my rent for the month i was like right. okay like i could just dedicate some time to this and i made like a wedding film for them like mm-hmm. it, it was a, a really good opportunity for me to see how much work it would take to do a wedding i i totally overdid it so like it was <laughs> it turned out really good but i mean i'm neurotic like that i guess i was the exact same way i uh, i started off doing it was mostly youtube stuff and then when i first like figured out i could actually like make money off of it i lucked out and that a friend of mine's uh mom was getting remarried and they offered to they were like hey do you want to do our wedding i think i got like 200 dollars for it which i mean looking back on the final product was 200 dollars more than what that video was worth it's perfect but though, uh, yeah. it is, it's it's a good way to uh hone your style and again just like figure out where you're uh where you're lacking 
Absolutely, yeah. And it, it like like you said, um, you know, you got that from your friend's mom, um, like that gig. It's it's so much about like who you know and who mm-hmm. you talk to about this stuff. So don't try and fly under the radar. Like talk to your friends, talk to your family. You know, mention like, hey, you know, if you ever need some photos for Facebook or whatever, mm-hmm. just get it out there and and do that stuff and and it'll it'll start to kind of come to you at at some point which is really really good feeling yeah i I guess that kind of ties into my next point where it's like what would it what advice would you have for anyone who is looking to get into freelancing because it is a very very scary prospect i think like just looking at it it definitely is because nothing's ever guaranteed yeah yeah absolutely and like uh you got to look at it with with some kind of practical eyes like i my first gig that I was like really chasing after was trying to do music videos for bands. Uh, so I was trying to become like, you know, the the photographer, the videographer that the venue would tell the band about when they're coming to town. Mm-hmm. The only problem is I'm, I'm trying to shoot only for metal bands and like the touring bands that were coming through, they just didn't have the budget to like make it worth their while or my while or, or you know, it just, it just didn't work out. So like thinking about it a little bit more practically, I was like, okay you know what there's there's like pop bands that come through the area like i don't need to just go in the genre that i'm comfortable with i need to see what value i can bring to to people who need it around me Mm -hmm. and i ended up working with this band uh they were they were called we were sharks and yeah we were sharks and uh (laughs) there's this great like pop punk band from from canada and they're so much fun uh we did like a party video to start off with and then i did some like tours with them like some short you know two or three cities or something like that or like a weekend um and you know they they were a great introduction into doing more documentary style content because Mm -hmm. they actually took me on the road um setting up shoots of my own because they were like hey we want to do a party how do we set that up and they actually like asked me those questions and worked with me to set everything up right um and we ended up having a great time like the video is somewhere on on youtube right now if it's, i can uh, find it i'll put it up on the screen right now so you guys can see it <laughs> that's a fun one it's uh, i think it's called uh, with ten thousand dollars we'd be millionaires <laughs> i like that title. yeah that's that's good they're a fun band um but yeah it's 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 definitely something where like you got to look at the opportunities that are av- available to you um talk to everyone that you know uh, try and try and just get the word out there because you never know when they're gonna run into someone that says, you know, oh man, I really wish I had someone who knew how to use a camera right now, mm-hmm. and they go, oh, you know, my buddy or my brother or whatever you right uh, know how to use a camera, and they call you up. Um, and then the other thing is is um, I guess like be open to opportunities that pop up. So like if you're walking around and you you know you see some. Um, some people who are trying to take a photo or, or something like that. Like, it looks like they're about to get in, you know, someone's going to propose or like a, a big moment like that. Mm-hmm. Like you can go and offer to take photos if you have your camera with you. Yeah. That's yeah. a, that's a great way to get in the door and like a good way to, to start that interaction with those people is to just do it for free. Just be mm-hmm. like, Hey, I'll take some photos. Give me your email address. I'll send them to you. Yeah. And then they come back and go, Hey, those are fantastic photos. Why don't you come, you know, take photos of our newborn, baby or something like that that's that happened to me this past weekend i had a call back from a client and uh i had done some family photos for them Mm. uh they just had another kid last week and so now i'm taking infant photos with them and their you know their older daughter who's uh almost two is Mm. is there it was just the cutest time like we're reading storybooks all weekend (laughs) it was was great Yeah, and it just speaks to that like whole wide range of uh, opportunity you get when you're just constantly putting your name yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah. 
And so, it's, uh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, it's, it's just like, you know, about the value that you can bring. So wherever you can be useful, um, people will kind of scoop you up and you'll you'll find these opportunities here and there. It can be kind of fun. It's like, a, it's like yeah. an RPG. It's great. Right. It's, it's <laughs> always unexpected and a little nerve wracking. But I mean, like you said, it, it's always it somehow pays off in the end. Absolutely. Yeah. Whether an experience um, like there's tons of times where I've, I've had gigs that like didn't turn out the way that I wanted to. But they were always learning experiences, right? That's for sure. You Can know, you think of like a classic, like this, like the the, the granddaddy of like, oh, oh man, I really messed up and learned a lot from this gig. Or this this green screen's making me think of one. <laughs> um, there was a uh, a gig where I, I I was supposed to do a commercial for uh, I was living up in Canada at the time, and uh, it was for a medicinal marijuana company mm-hmm. that had they built a vending machine. And it would take your ID, scan your ID, make sure you're of age. Um, it would make sure that you're in the system and all this stuff. It would take your, your cannabis card or, or whatever it was. Um, and they would uh, they would verify all this information. You would have, like, an iPad touchscreen. Awesome. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna green screen this thing, and I'm, I'm going to put it on a pure white background. It's going to look really cool mm-hmm. because they had it inside of, like, um, it was like a, an office space building, but it was, like, kind of not complete yet right so there were like ceiling tiles down like there was like construction (laughs) in the background like it just wasn't a clean area so i was like okay you know what? i'm just gonna cover the walls with green screen it was gonna be fine Mm -hmm. i show up and i've got my piles of green (laughs) mucilin and i look at the thing and i'm like oh no it's bright green (laughs) so the the vending machine is bright green i'm like all right well you know luckily i can return these so i send those back and i get i get blue screens but just the act of trying to like like set up these blue screens on these walls that aren't you know finished that they're nothing's like a flat surface they're, i was just covering <laughs> tools with blue screen and trying to light it up it was it was gnarly um but yeah that was that was a situation where like if i had asked more questions mm-hmm. beforehand been like so what's the location like what do you do you have a space where i can actually shoot this they would have said no we have a hallway <laughs> like it's there's no room to move but i, I managed to do like little dolly shots and all this stuff and it came out looking pretty cool but it took me like four times as long as i wanted it to yeah yeah i mean and it just that whole lesson of like just sometimes there's no way to know like yeah and and like you said that's now you know to ask those questions uh yeah the next time it's always valuable so uh you kind of touched on it a little earlier but uh do you have any upcoming projects you can talk about that you're really excited about or oh geez um stuff you've done recently that we could that i could plug maybe to give like people a taste of you well i mean i i have started working with with kjad they're um they're really interesting just because like they're getting into more like social media stuff and doing some in-house production so i might actually be working with them on some like podcasts live streams and um uh their youtube channel so mm. they want to start having some like you know meet the production team because when we when we go to these uh, wedding events like we just went to one this this past weekend and they were like like Steve who's the um, he's the head guy uh, it, it, this is kind of interesting my name's Stefan mm-hmm. the head guy's name is Steve and then <laughs> the the videographer the first videographer is Steven <laughs> so the, the three of us are around and someone just yells a name that starts with an S and all three of us will just a meerkat over here. Yeah, um, but uh, Steve the, uh, the the head photographer he's he's like walking behind the bride like holding her, her gown like her train and all this stuff mm-hmm. like he's uh, he's like making sure the, the bow tie is perfect on the groom like he's really in there and he's so involved it's 
not only a great learning experience because I do I do weddings for friends and and um, like some sometimes for hire like I just get a random request for a, re- a wedding which is awesome I love those yeah um, but uh, it's it's a great learning experience and it's also like a really fun team to work with mm-hmm. so like they they were so involved with the day um, that like it made it easier for everyone uh, the couple was like they were they were fantastic they were like you could kind of tell that like it was a big event and it was like you could see the kind of stress but every everything that the team did helped ease that stress for them Mm -hmm. and even though you know it's a it's a good gig and all that stuff it's just like it's so worth it just to have the experience to work with these people and i'm i'm excited to, to see what happens with them so like definitely uh, I don't know if you if you feel like checking them out or anything like that, but they've definitely, definitely yeah. got YouTube and I'll all plug that them stuff. again on the in the description and on the screen. We'll put something up yeah. for you to check them out. Not just any day. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I guess the last few kind of broad general questions before we get into our main discussion. Yeah, uh, we might have touched on this a l- well. Actually, no, I don't think we did. But uh, so going back to starting out, uh, I find that. Anyone who kind of wants to have like a creative pursuit in life, kind of they they inherently kind of have that drive. But mm-hmm. one thing that I always noticed as someone who watches stuff, interviews with like directors and cinematographers and all that, they that more often than not they'll be like, oh yeah, I was always interested in this, but there was like this one moment or this one movie I saw that was like, that's what I want to do. This is what uh, this is the direction I'm gonna take my life in. Do you have a moment like that or a movie that like really made you think, oh man, I can I can do that. Oh man, there's a. I feel like there's a couple examples of this through my life. Um, like, I, I feel like there are, the hints were always there. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I didn't necessarily pick up on on them until I was like uh, working as a photographer and starting to get into video. That I was like, oh my gosh, like I could actually make a movie. Like, <laughs> whoa! <laughs> like it, it kind of right, right. hit me at one point. But throughout the years, like there are a bunch of films that I've seen that like really hit me like that and. I remember uh, one of them as a kid was Flight of the Navigator. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I'm familiar with that one. What's that one? It's it's kind of an odd one. It's uh, basically this um, this kid and his brother are uh, they you know they're everyday kids from the 70s whatever they're coming home from like middle school or something mm-hmm. and uh, him and his brother are poking and, and jabbing at each other you know right and uh, then they they see something in this ravine or whatever and they they. Uh, forget exactly what happens but they they kind of like they were giving each other some trouble mm-hmm. beforehand so like you know they're brothers and they love each other but they're like kind of being mean to each other they're bullying each other a little bit right and the one kid basically falls down this ravine and gets like picked up by an alien spacecraft mm. the spacecraft takes him like super far into the future and you know he 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 goes to i think it's like 20 years in the future or something like that um and he he comes back to his like family home and he tries to find his parents and he's like like what's going on like oh they they've moved away like they aren't there anymore um and and like his brother's gone and all this stuff and then he he gets back on the ship and it's like this this trip through his history like what life would have been like without him there mm. and then he it takes him back in time you know brings him back and all that stuff and it's just this like heartwarming like family like a story it's a wonderful life kind of yeah <laughs> yeah but like the the ship the navigator it was almost like a muppet character because it had this like mm. this like talking periscope sort of thing um and just the the way that they shot the movie was basically like this puppet and a kid talking to each other in front of a screen mm. 
So, like, they made it kind of obvious that it was like, you know, this is like a green screen or something like that, because uh, it was like the display of the ship. So you could tell it wasn't like a like a TV screen. They didn't have flat screens like that back then when they made yeah. that movie. Um, but there was just some quality to it that was like, well, this actually isn't that hard to do. It's just like they have a really good script. They have a, a cool like setting that they made and this, you know, this awesome storyline and this way to portray it. So it's like if you if you can get those ingredients together wait, maybe this is possible. And, like, mm. as a kid, it, it really started to get interesting for me then. Um, growing up, I started to get into um, odd directors and, and stuff like that, like Aaron, uh, Darren Aronofsky. Um, <laughs> We've talked about him before oh, a little bit. Yeah, uh, it's something about him is just I find super inspiring. Like, the way that he, like, pie uh, was very interesting to me. Like, the first time I yeah. saw it, I was probably in high school. And it just like kind of creeped me out and yet made me want to watch it more to try and figure out why it did that to me because right. I, I couldn't figure out like it's not like a scary movie no it's just like a weirdly unsettling like the way they shoot it and the way like yeah. everything's delivered it's just uh, it, he, he always turns out like a really fascinating product at the very least you can say that every single thing he does is, is so wonderfully unique oh jeez yeah like Requiem for a Dream, like mm-hmm. oh, that fridge. Ooh. That was a nice timed water sip. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, we we talked about uh, Mother in the second episode. I think oh, that's yeah. easily one of my favorite of his. That's uh, a wild one. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm still kind of trying to figure it out. I think I have the like the idea of what's going on in my head, and I I right. feel like there's like he just leaves things open enough to interpretation where like every time you watch a film it, of his it's it's you're gonna kind of pick up on something different right yeah or get something like a little bit of a different interpretation like the fountain is really good for that yeah definitely it's like his all of his movies are like it it it, it i forget that one of my guests said it better than i could but it was uh it desires to be understood like the first time watching it but the more you go yeah. back to it the more rewarding it is yeah i really love movies like that uh, it's, there's a whole bunch of classics like that. Like Donnie Darko's the the same sort of way for me. Like mm-hmm. I, I keep watching it and I'm like, oh, this makes me feel a little bit different this time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's wonderful having having movies like that throughout your life that make you question why the why you feel the way you feel mm-hmm. when you're seeing certain things. Um, you know, it's it's great um, watching yeah. these these two movies actually over the the past couple of days. I ended up um, I ended up actually buying the the like the 4k version of dread just because i wanted to see all the special effects (laughs) like like that i guess we can use that as our uh our segue so for those who are just tuning in for the first time uh the background is i used to have a a show on my youtube channel where i'd recommend a bunch of movies but it would get flagged by copyright all the time because i would show footage and there's not really a way to fight that i also hated the sound of my own voice reading off a, a, a really badly written script so but i still wanted to do film discussion so how each episode is going to work is i recommend the guest a movie the guest recommends me a movie and we discuss so sort of going off of what we were talking about earlier with uh uh like wanting to get your start and make yourself stand out that yeah. was one thing that you really you said you really wanted to touch on with uh the movie that you wanted to recommend, which was I forget who directed it, but it was the I guess remake, the 2012 remake of uh, the Stallone movie, Judge Dredd, back oh, in the yeah. 90s, <laughs> but I, I'd argue this one's much, much better, so uh, just, what's, what's I guess we'll do non-spoilers first, but what is uh, tell us about Dredd 
Oh, Dread is a um, it's a, a film set in a dystopian future where uh, you know the cities are overcrowded and everything's kind of gritty and gross and like just the standard of living is is gone because everyone's fighting each other and there aren't enough police officers and and you know peacemakers to keep everything in control. Mm-hmm. So uh, the basic premise is that uh, these these police officers have been deputized to be judge, jury, and executioner. Right. Um, so it's you know it's this gritty crime fighting. Uh, he's sort of like a superhero anti-hero character because you sort of hate everything that's going on in this movie. <laughs> like it's just all dirt, you know. Right, right, right. Um, but uh, basically, he uh, he follows the trail on this um, this. Uh, there's a murder that happens, you know, these, mm-hmm. these three bodies that um, are called in and he goes in to figure out what's going on and just gets in way over his head. Right. Uh, basically this entire apartment place gets locked down and he's, uh, he has to fight his way out. Mm-hmm. Very simple setup, but I, I think a very, it pays off very, very well. Yeah. In, yeah. A, in a very beautiful way in, in visually beautiful but like also from a storytelling standpoint it like it, it hits all the the beats that you want it to hit and it does it very very well yeah. so uh it, it was really quick i guess because i brought it up briefly what were your thoughts on the stallone version oh man i love that one it's okay. it's like classic hollywood you know it's it's got that feeling of big budget movie it's got the huge you know, jacked lead. Uh, he comes in. He there's the giant spotlight behind him, and he's like says some crazy line, and then shoots a bunch of people. Right. It's fantastic. It's it's like, um, oh man, any any old Schwarzenegger any movie, Stallone movie, any Stallone movie, exactly. Yeah. Um, it, it fits the genre so perfectly. So it's it's an example of of that kind of stuff, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And that one was like that movie was brutal. Yeah, but it it had that huge budget Hollywood feel. This one sort of has a different feel to it. Exactly. Yeah. Like it, it, there's great special effects. There's awesome sets and all this stuff. But there's a part of me that's like, I was watching it this time, and I was kind of wondering, like, did they actually have physical sets for all this? Was it maybe blue screen backgrounds? Like, did they just mm-hmm. do it that way? And do I think it there's digitally? parts where you can tell, like that certain hallway shots that are like really long. It, you can kind of yeah. tell that there's not really any depth to it it is kind of just like a screen and they're putting him over top of it but there's something that's like charming about that in a yeah. weird way yeah like i, I think because like, like you said the, the stallone one has this big like hollywood vibe to it uh and i i think that you know, like the, the thing that's missing from this one is that his that version is way cheesier and kind of yeah. is like oh, a, yeah. like an action comedy and like this is an action comedy i'd argue to an extent but like very it, dark it relishes way more <laughs> in the darker aspects oh of yeah it. and it, it goes like really balls to the wall with the the action in a, in a really wonderful way oh yeah yeah and it, it really plays with the special effects of of like that were coming out at that time um like they even mentioned it the you know the big bad drug of the the movie slow-mo yeah exactly um, using like phantom cameras and stuff like that yeah and that's that's like right around the time that those were were coming out for like hollywood um mm. they like the guy says at one point he's like you know it's a drug that makes you experience life at one percent of real speed so mm. if you take that into a uh like the sense of a camera that's what 2400 frames per second something like that yeah and i, th- I think that's about what a phantom camera can do in 4k or, or mm. is it 
2.7k. They might have done 2.7. Probably back because it's like what, 2012. Probably was like yeah, yeah 2.7. If I had to guess, I mean like eight years ago at that point. At this point is like that's a significant technological jump. Right. It's not a lot of years, but <laughs> <laughs> it's it's crazy how that's happening too. But mm-hmm. it's it's like a display of um like each level that dread goes through is like all right i have to go to this level and we're gonna have to use this special effect to show it off it's great i love it it's it's just like um like a how-to book on like the hero's story first of all Mm -hmm. uh because it's you know problem uh and then he starts on the journey and it's up and down and up and down as as you go up this you know this ever-increasing uh action hill right and then you hit that climax and then resolution like it's simple storyline wise Mm -hmm. but it's like a great format to learn from and the way that they present special effects and they build it up to the the kind of climax of you know this kind of beautiful special effect ending um it just it just fits so well and i i think that it's it's really coherent and it's this kind of like death march of a movie that you just slog through and you're exactly. like oh that was cool and also really <laughs> gross <laughs> yeah i was kind of i was like i, I gotta admit because i i had seen it um back when it first came out so i was, okay. I was glad that you recommended it because when i saw it back when it came out i was kind of in the height of my like snob years you know what i mean like every person who likes movies goes through that time period where it's like oh yeah tarantino and art house and that's it <laughs> but uh so i kind of saw it the first time and i was like oh it's a dumb action movie there, there's no, no merit here so i was i was and i hadn't seen it since so I, I was really glad to get the chance to rewatch it and it, and it does like you said it, it really excels at uh uh, really delivering on on great action, whether oh, yeah. it is through um, the the slow mo or the special effects, or as simple as like a, a really well choreographed fist fight or yeah. gunfight. Yeah, and it's like it doesn't even look like the choreography is necessarily that crazy all the time. Um, but I, I think that they really put their effort where they're like they were trying to put it. They put it into special effects and they put it into gore. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's a, I I, I don't think this is a spoiler really it's just kind of a a a gore example right um there's a there's a a scene where a a shot uh an explosion goes off in a doorway to blow the lock off the door Mm -hmm. and you see in super slow-mo the bullets like going in yeah the the, bullets going in they're passing through people flowers and all that yeah oh yeah and like (laughs) you can you can tell that it's you know obviously special effects but it's just like it's so overdone that it's it's beautiful you know it's like this masterpiece of just like gross (laughs) (laughs) but it is it is it is very well done i I especially like it not only in the scenes where they do go like really slow yeah uh i i I like that they they do this really nice thing where like they like crank the saturation and they put like this kind of like rainbow kind of sheen on like anything that has a reflective surface and it it makes you like it's almost like looking at like a slow, like one of those, um, like live photos where it's like right, okay. where they're just kind of barely movement and it's really pretty to look at. And then the next second is just like the blood flying everywhere and Carl Urban grunting at uh, Olivia Thurlby. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, it, it's, it's really I don't know. It, it's it's a great experience. Carl Urban's uh, his like uh, scowl throughout the movie mm-hmm. is just indomitable. <laughs> like, I feel like he had the, it's taken the like right from the comic ramp. books. Yeah, 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 and it, it, it's great. I love, I love how they kind of followed that. And they they went with a more gritty look as mm-hmm. a like 
the Stallone one, I think it's it's beautiful in its own right. Yeah. And I mean, his mouth is also built for that like perfect scowl yeah. as well. But yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. I didn't even think about looking at that. Wow. Um, he but, makes like, the mistake of taking his helmet off, though. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's not worrying about psychic abilities or anything like that. <laughs> but. Yeah, that's that's another example of uh, cool special effects that they put into the movie, like the uh, the whole like tilt shift sort of thing that they do, or or what is that? Um, uh, I guess I guess it sort of is a tilt shift, but it's like a radial blur that they mm. do around the psychic character when right. uh, she's doing her thing. The chroma splitting, like the RGB channels showing, mm-hmm. uh, they're all like little details that are like I, I almost feel like if you did them in any other type of movie it would be like way over the top because it's just, it's so noticeable it's so in your face but like they were so obvious with it that it's like okay like this is this is the world that we're in so then you know we throw a flash grenade and everyone's in like slow shutter speed right, looking yeah. where everything's all wipey and you know you washy. can obviously tell there's a lot of thought that went into like how something was gonna translate to like make you feel feel like those people that are being flashbanged or like the the shock of like having your door suddenly kicked in and then there's yeah. Carl Urban like they it, it, it like every like you said it's like a new effect per level but it's like each effect they they really kind of they make you experience it it's not yeah. like you're just watching like oh quick flash and then like the aftermath it, like you you feel like you just got flashbanged oh yeah no that's for way. sure and, and like i i think of like there's a lot of um, there's a lot of action films that do the the gestalt action thing where it's a lot of people doing a lot of things, and there are a couple scenes in this movie that sort of have that. Uh, like I think about the the minigun scene mm-hmm. where there's three miniguns just chewing up the other side of the building, right. and taking out all of their own guys with no regard to anyone's safety. Um, no one's even wearing safety goggles. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, you know, they're, they're just tearing this place apart. And, yeah. um, like, I, I find myself, like, running with Dre. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, like, hey, stuff, yeah. like, jump. And then, he, you know, he gets hit by this explosion, smacked against the wall. And you're like, <laughs> it's it's visceral. But it's, uh, I don't know. Like, it's, it's done in this weird way that it grips you without, I, I guess it's sort of that tongue-in-cheek thing. Like, yeah. It's it's sort of like the the sarcasm from the original, but it's in the form of the way they did the special effects. Yeah. Like we're just gonna be like the comedy is not like the first thing that they thought of, or like the second like the second thing they thought of even. Yeah, yeah. It's like those um, what are those movies with uh, Bruce Willis, Crank? Yeah, yeah uh, Jason Statham. Yeah, Jason Statham. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. No, no, close. <laughs> other no, no, other actually bald guy. guy yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, is this the bald head? If we all look alike. Oh um, uh, yeah, I, like those are those are great movies, but they're mm-hmm. so like ridiculous at the same time. Right. But it it plays into its persona, like it's it's making fun of itself in this yeah, kind of it, it, it knows what it is, way. and it's not ashamed to show it. Yeah. And yeah. it's like a very similar scenario here. Yeah. And it, like, I don't know. It's it's a it's a cool movie. I, th- I think that a lot of the effects. The interesting thing to me is that a lot of these effects are n- now much more attainable. Mm-hmm. Like um, Sony's like small mirrorless cameras, which are under a thousand dollars. They have a couple that are like over a little bit over. Right. Um, but those things can shoot like HD in 120 frames a second. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them, some of their like bigger cameras can do slow and quick motion up to like 240 frames a second. Mm. So that's not quite that one percent speed. Yeah. But I mean, you could take, you could drop that down to ten percent, and then use like Twixter or like some plugin to like interpolate those frames a little right. bit, yeah. ch- cheat it a bit. So you you could basically do this at home like Mm -hmm. if you're a videographer or a short filmmaker or something like that like with the cameras that you can rent these days especially Mm -hmm. like these are attainable special effects and i would love to see more people experimenting with stuff like this like i want to start doing it because i just i've always seen it as like well no you can't do it in a way that isn't ridiculous like it's just going to look like a you know i'm just trying out a special effect or something but movies like this, like Dread and, and Crank and something like that, like I think if you inject a little bit of that like sarcastic touch to it, mm-hmm. I think it can really play through well. Yeah, and it's like you said, the whole low-budget aspect is really um, encouraging. Like I could easily see um, a, a, an aspiring filmmaker of a certain type seeing something like this, and if yeah. they know what they're doing, they can see, like, oh, man, well, especially nowadays, they can see, oh, no, yeah, I know how to do that in After Effects. I can throw in a couple fake bullet holes and like shake the camera as I shoot my friend running past a wall and we can have a similar effect it yeah. kind of reminds you like a, a long uh, kind of a long not like a long but like a, a tangent a little bit is it kind of reminds me of uh, that documentary I forget what it was called uh, but there was like these group of kids in the 80s who like were obsessed with Raiders of the Lost Ark so okay. then they they got like a home video camera and they remade it shot for shot Wow. But, the, but what they did was it was like a uh, I think Eli Roth produced it or something like that the okay. documentary but you, you can find it on Prime but uh, they the funny thing was like they, they could never do the um, the airplane fight scene okay. so they all got together as adults to like do that scene oh, and wow. like actually got a budget behind it so it's That's like awesome but yeah it's it just is like uh, I don't know there's a weird plug I wanted to do for that movie that made <laughs> me think of it but it's like uh, yeah it, it's it's a very kind of like uh, like we were touching on earlier, it's like a, a you can do this type movie. Yeah, yeah. And here's kind of how you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, it's I don't know. It's uh, I'm really glad that you recommended it to me because now I do kind of see it in this new light, and it is kind of really fun. Yeah. At the very least, it's a really fun adrenaline filled ride. There's a, there's a lot of like um, like the special effects even uh, like I think about like plugin programs that you can get and and how. Uh, how like accessible the Adobe programs are. Like you can you can get in and do some like crazy special effects stuff. And then there's like tons of YouTube channels where you, they'll teach you how to do that. Yeah. Uh, like uh, a big one for me was always Film Riot. I think we talked about yeah, that yeah, yeah. on the channel. Uh, they have literal how tos. Um, another one that just inspires me with like the weight, the types of special effects that they do is Quarter Digital. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've ever seen any stuff by them, like they do, I've heard of them, but I don't think I've checked them out. Still, that might have even been another one that you mentioned yeah, before. I, yeah, I, I, that might have actually. Um, I'm I'm replaying the same things, but like, yeah, but I mean, the, yeah. they're good channels. Yeah, they're they do um, listen to the other podcast for a more in depth <laughs> where yeah, we, we reminisce on these. Go, go find but, uh, those yeah. things there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just I don't know. It's uh, yeah, it, it's a very like. Like like I said, it's just a fun action ride at the very least, but it is kind of like a somewhat inspiring uh, film. I guess we can yeah. use that to get into spoilers a little bit. I mean, we kind of talked a lot about it, but is there any like spoilery stuff you kind of want to say? Oh, jeez. Uh, like, what was your favorite action scene? Oh dear. Um, I mean, I, I like the uh, the the scene where Dredge says says wait. 
like the whole thing yeah. leading up to that <laughs> is just like that's kind of a nice twist and it's yeah, yeah. it's like okay dread's being a badass but it's also he has to have his partner there to mm-hmm. make it the badass scene so it's, it's kind of like well she's saving his ass right but he's still being like yeah, I told you so. Uh, better <laughs> it's stitch the, myself yeah. up now. Oh god, it's the height of uh, I, uh, that's like the I think the height of the cheese in that entire yeah, movie. It's like yeah. the, that sort of like tone, but uh, yeah, I, I really I love, love that gore effect too. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. when he when he every single himself up. gore effect in the movie is really well done. Like when the yeah. guy's hand gets blown off from like the false oh, ID on the gun or whatever. That's like really <laughs> really visceral. The body's hitting the floor from like five hundred stories up or something. Yeah, yeah. Or even at the end when, like, Mama, like, hits the camera and her face yeah. kind of, like, explodes in your face. Like, that's, ah, oh, it's so, so intense. That, but it's so great. I get, like, a distinct, um, like, uh, oh, shoot. Um, I should know that. Blade Runner vibe right. from that scene. There's something about it. It's just, like, the music and the super slow-mo and how everything's, like, kind of glittery. And mm-hmm. she falls through that curtain of smoke and you just... You know what's gonna happen. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh dear, and then you see it like face first. And it's, but it's like so satisfying. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. It's it's, ca- like, it's catharsis. It's just the right. ultimate like. Ah, okay. And it's, it's like over. you said earlier too. It's like the movie's over after that point. Like yeah. there's maybe like less than five minutes after that point left yeah. in the movie. A little bit like, of exposition. They they say a joke and then they <laughs> do the thing. You know she. Yeah. Right. Everyone's happy at the end of the day. It's like this beautiful wrap up. Right. You know? One thing I like about that, too, is that uh, one thing that kind of bothered me about the Stallone version it, is that I, f- I feel like it felt too epic for its own good. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, it really stretched itself thin in a lot of areas, and one thing that I really liked is uh, we you kind of get a sense from the exposition in the beginning and, like, yeah. little, like, bits and pieces of information you get throughout the movie that, like there's just so much going on and there's like a lot of really good world building that like there there's yeah. like little hints and pieces of like oh man i wonder what that family's life is like or i wonder what like where do these corrupt judges come from what's their story like yeah so the one thing i really like about it is that it kind of sets itself up for like more maybe not necessarily sequels but like more movies set within that same sort of universe yeah and it kind of in hindsight bums me out because i know there's been talks to do a sequel to this one for ages but it just hasn't happened no, it hasn't paid for one out. reason or another it, but it, it does make me really want a sequel yeah and i i feel like i feel like they could do it relatively easily like it wouldn't have to be that crazy like mm-hmm. go to a bunch of green screen stages and like just have fun with special effects you know yeah it's like um it's like a john wick film except John Wick is all about like the martial arts and it's phenomenal for that. It's mm-hmm. just if you shift that focus from the martial arts to special effects and exactly. you just make it badass and, you know, action packed, mm-hmm. you're good. Like yeah. that's all we want, you know? Yeah. It's just it's <laughs> such a fun ride. Uh I I'd said it before. I'm just thank you so much for the recommendation. It was yeah, it cheers. was uh nice to kind of get that new perspective eight years after the fact yeah i I feel like i kind of needed it too you know i i had watched it once and then i had watched it again with that same sort of like i didn't really like it the first time but you know what it was some cool special effects in there maybe i should watch it again maybe i'll like it more Mm -hmm. um like i felt the same way about like bad boys the first time i watched it i was like oh okay that's kind of cool and then i watched (laughs) it again i'm like this is sick (laughs) awesome let's do this um and you know I wanted to come back to it with like a little bit of film experience in there because it was years ago that I saw right. that um, it's always that's also a nice lens to kind of view things like for lack of a better term lens to yeah. view things through <laughs> <laughs> see what you did there <laughs> it's like to just kind of 
we and we said it's like a it's a very like movie that anyone could make. So it's it's fun, not even just with this movie, but with like movies that you liked from your past in general to go back and like try and figure out like how did they do this? And yeah. Maybe like how going a step further. How could I take like this skill and implement it into what I'm doing? Yeah, like, absolutely. It's it's just uh. I, I can't. I, I feel like a, a broken record. It's just a great movie. It's I a, it's it a, a good like uh, it's a teaching film for you know if you're going through, like if you're learning special effects in in like After Effects, mm-hmm. take a, like give a watch to this movie. If you're if you just downloaded like the Digi Effects, um, you know, Damage Suite or something, and you <laughs> and you want to know some cool ways to make like RGB splits like look good, watch this movie. You know, it's it's one of those things where I, I think it's. It's really good for like student filmmakers and like short filmmakers and people who want to do kind of cool special effects things. I think it plays right into our into our wheelhouse. Definitely, yeah. And actually, I thought of a uh, an illusion. I was I was thinking the other night. I watched this movie with my girlfriend, and and she, uh, I think her review was something like stressful, but I f- I felt okay at the end. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like okay, she's not one for action movies, so like it. I I think that was a like basically as good a review as we could get with it yeah um but uh i mentioned to her at one point it was like you know this this reminds me a lot of like clint eastwood and Mm. she's watched all kinds of westerns um and she's like yeah you know what like he's he's that very like he's just gonna march to the end grit his teeth and just be like (laughs) all right let's let's get the bad guys (laughs) (laughs) i am the law (laughs) oh jeez Something yeah. in it for everybody. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's got that kind of western vibe too, which is nice. Yeah, and yeah. one thing you mentioned too, to kind of segue to the next discussion, is uh, student filmmakers and getting their start. Yeah. In very weird and unique ways. I so, loved your suggestion. Oh man, that's that so was good to so hear. cool. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, it, I I kind of messed. I've led you a little bit astray. I thought that um, uh, so for those for. For sake of conversation, then the, the the next the movie I recommended, Stay Fan, was Operation Avalanche by Matt Johnson, who is a check it out a different Matt Johnson than we referenced earlier. Yeah. But he's <laughs> uh, uh, this Matt Johnson is a Canadian uh, or was a Canadian film student. I I messed up and I got the chronology switched in my head. He had a okay. movie that came before this that was his like student film, and then this is what gotcha. he did with a budget. But it's still like okay. a very tight budget, and with what they were able to pull off is insane i was gonna say like yeah like the the use of classic cars classic equipment like like the the settings and then i noticed a couple points where they were using well like first of all i'd, I'd recognize the footage mm-hmm. i was like okay this is nasa like stock footage right uh, okay because i've i like nasa has that free stock footage library yeah, yeah, yeah. i went through that a million times <laughs> um and i was I, like i saw that clip and i was like Hold on, that's, that's green screened in or, so, or something. And he's just like, it looked like so well done. And it was just yeah, like yeah, yeah. quick, you know, one one or two shots. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the special effects are really well done. Um, it's, I love the way that they f- they switch from, what is that, 8 millimeter to 16 millimeter. Right, yeah. And then it's like in color mm-hmm. and widescreen. And the aspect range, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like all, all these, these little details that just like really fit the time period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the the set dressings and everything just like really sold that. So yeah. it's it's amazing what they did like with that tight of a budget. Too. Yeah, I think it was like something like maybe a little over a million is what they had, which that's is that, that's crazy. So, but uh, yeah, so I should mention before we go further. Uh, so the movie is Operation Avalanche. Uh, it's a found footage drama about two young aspiring CIA agents uh, 
realizing that NASA can't make it to the moon by the end of the 60s, so they come up with a plan to fake the moon landing, and it's basically the process of how they go about doing it, which is, like, it's such a weird, like, out-of-the-box concept, but it's yeah. done in such a crazy way. And and we keep on saying, like, on such a tight budget, like, they had to really get inventive with, like, because, I mean, obviously, like, you're, like, if you're Ron Howard, you can, like, rebuild Mission Control on a soundstage, yeah. but what they did is they just, they, they call up NASA and say, hey, we're a bunch of Canadian film students, and we're gonna, we're making a documentary about Apollo, can we come down and shoot at NASA for a few days? And then they sneak all this footage in, like, old Mission Control, and, like, in that side room off, like, so the, the, if you ever listen to, like, the making of, like, how the movie, how, like, they, like, they did barely even had a script, they were just like, okay, we're gonna go to NASA, we're gonna shoot for, like, a week, and then whatever we get, we get, and we'll wow. make a movie out of that, but, so it's like, it, it was so run and gun, and, like, every, every single shot was, like, borrowed, or, uh, they had to cheat it in some way, but it, it just it goes together. So you wouldn't even think about it. You would think yeah, that everything is wild. so planned out. Like almost every single employee that they talk to at NASA is an employee at NASA working today. Oh wow! Yeah. So they so what they would do is like that guy who who like had all the pictures and all that. They went up to him and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm uh, I, I, I I I I I was the photographer." for a lot of years and I know all this stuff and they would just cut out anything that like sounded vaguely like it was from modern day Yeah, and if it was like a case where they had to cheat it they would be like okay here's uh, some old 60s glasses just throw these on really quick oh or like gosh. put on this button down like every like that's incredible yeah it's just yeah. listen to any interview of Matt Johnson and he like talks about like how they like cheated so much of it like the the bit where they go to 2001 a space odyssey they're shooting there that was like the actual studio that they shot at they just got a woman to dress like she's from the 60s or whatever oh my god and they walked up to the front door and then the people at the studio was like hey what are you guys doing here because while they did that like avengers 2 was happening inside yeah. so then they they, they, they <laughs> so they get chased off and all they get is that one shot and oh it's my but it, gosh. It, it's so oh my god just yeah just listen to anything that, about the making of operation avalanche and it's wow. it, it's insane like it, it from the storyline and from the the way that it's filmed and all that stuff, it it seems super planned out. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, when I when I first was going into it with that that uh, idea of like this is like a student film, I was like, oh my god! Like <laughs> they must have some like like dads that have like their their granddad's stuff or like <laughs> some great classic cars, and then they like crashed one into another, and I was like, hold on, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But yeah, like with with that budget and everything, like it it kind of like makes sense that that's how the movie was done mm -hmm. but it, like i had no idea <laughs> exactly yeah it's and it, it's i think that's great that like you don't even question it until yeah. like, until i say it yeah because it's like that's wild you, your brain just kind of fills in like oh yeah they probably just uh, they they built like this corner of the set but like that scene where he's like first pitches like that we can fake the moonland he's whispering because there was like a tour going on like right outside the room and he was like <laughs> he was trying to whisper it so that way they wouldn't overhear it just makes you like i don't know like it it, it, it makes you like want to go back and like reevaluate like okay like why did they do it this way or like why did uh yeah why like did they really have a plan when they when they shot this scene or like what was their what was their end goal here yeah but it's, yeah he any interview that's kind of like his style overall though because like his first student film was very much like uh kind of the same thing very very it was still found footage but very very different that it was the first which i also highly recommend i think that's also on amazon prime called the dirties it's like these two it's the same two uh guys he matt johnson's the star he also directed it the blonde okay. guy with his hair slicked back and then his like friend with the glasses it's the two of them again in the first movie but it's like these two kids who get bullied and uh one of them they make like a a movie about them like hunting down the kids who bully them 
and then oh. one of them decides to do it for real okay. and kind of goes crazy. <laughs> but it's uh, his, every, and he also is behind, uh, I don't know if you've heard of it, uh, it's called Nirvana the Band the Show. It's like a show on Vice where I've, it's kind of like... I've heard about it, yeah. Yeah, it's like kind of like Flight of the Concords a little bit, but right, okay. yeah, everything he does is so off the wall. Like it's, it's so interesting to like listen to like how he comes up with his ideas, but I don't know. Like, he seems it, like a very interesting like director and producer and all this stuff. Like, right. He seems like someone who's, who, who takes opportunities as they come and like, you know, is, is just going to go with it. Like going to film at NASA for however long, like, and exactly. then just, and then just like, all right, we're going to make a film out of this. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that takes some balls to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it takes balls to call up NASA and be like, hey, can we go to, and then just hope for that entire week that you don't get caught. Yeah. Like, I, I would, I, I, I wouldn't even dream of doing anything like that. That's wild. But, uh, yeah, no, so, uh, what, what, so you mentioned the, uh, like, the kind of, like, the Forrest Gump effect of, like, taking the stock footage and, like, putting the actors and stuff in it. Yeah. That was, that, as much as I love that movie, those are like the points that I really have a problem with it at, at sometimes. Did that ever bother you or was it just kind of like, oh, this is just a means to an end kind of I feel like it is thing. It is like the... Because I will say the special effects, I feel, I mean, they're, they're great in this movie at a lot of points, but it is yeah. very lacking compared to your recommendation. I, I feel like it is... Whether that be budgetary or, or not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's it's... It is like the weakest point of the movie, but it's it's still such a strong movie throughout. Like mm-hmm. it it carries through that message of like, oh, they're here with them, you know. So yeah, it yeah. it does help to kind of like place them in your mind, like okay, they're actually there at the time. I feel like the uh, the scene out in the uh, where he's he's saying like, you know, just look busy, like just do work stuff, <laughs> and then the guy's like, or just you know, do what you were gonna do anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone's like, uh, like he's trying to direct for a documentary, and it's, exactly. it's yeah, funny. Yeah. Um, like that that scene, I feel like could have carried it through. Mm-hmm. That one sold it a little bit more, but it was also like, okay, I can tell it's a special effect. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think we're also a little bit biased, like. I can recognize special effects when they happen. Right, yeah. Like, there's a... Uh, oh, what was it? I think the the only movie that I've seen really recently that I'm not catching special effects in was The Social Network, and that one has tons of special effects, and that right. blew my mind afterwards. Yeah. But, like, there's very few times where I'm, like... Like, I'll watch a movie and be like, there's no special effects in that. Like, I just kind of mm. know that there's going to be something. So Your I saw that and was like... Your brain is, like, like, trained to okay. pick up on it after yeah. so many movies. yeah. So I think my brain's a little forgiving in that aspect, but mm-hmm. it was yeah, it it definitely did like it took me out of it for a second. I was like, oh, green screen. Yeah, okay. But the the two that the, the the two scenes that I was really impressed with, and I guess we can kind of get a little bit into spoilers now. So if you haven't seen Operation Avalanche, you should definitely check it out. It might be on. I think th- you can run it on YouTube. I'm pretty sure you can also run it on Prime. I don't know how 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 did you see it? I saw it on uh, Tubi. Which was it's, actually it's free on Tubi, right? Yeah, it's free on Tubi. Okay, so yeah, free on Tubi. Check it out. Check you it have on no Tubi. excuse not to. You just got to whitelist it on your on your ad blocker, and then, <laughs> then it's good to go. Uh- <laughs> but yeah, it's oh man, yeah. So but so those two the two scenes that I really kind of blew my mind because like I I'm watching it and the the one that I always think of like when I was like, oh man that really could have been done better is when he like walks into Mission Control and he's like walking past all the people in the tight row. And he's like, oh, your friend just had his baby. And then he runs back out of the room. That's where I think, oh, man, that's not, that's kind of bad. But the two <laughs> special effects scenes that blew my mind were uh, the car chase at the very end. Okay. Because apparently that was like 16 different takes all blended oh, wow. into one, which I, I like, I kind of, 
the, the one thing that bothers me with like movies like 1917 or uh, movies that like try to be like one long continuous yeah. take is that yeah. you can so very clearly tell where they sneak in the new uh, the, the, the 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 new take. They just kind of like put an yeah. object right in front of the frame and then plop, make an edit. Yeah. But it's I think it's very hard to to pick up on like where the cuts are in that scene and it's like so action-packed anyway that you don't even think about it i I didn't realize that that like that scene is like a it's a single take like it looks like that right i i honestly didn't even notice that that was other shots and Mm -hmm. like i was just saying i feel like i'm i'm pretty good at picking up on that stuff and you know this movie was like it the the ones that i didn't notice expressly were like they slid right past me just because of like the format of the movie, the way that it's documentary style. Um, and it, I, I think like the, the level at which I, I had the expectation for the movie too, mm-hmm. because it was like, all right, this is the first movie after a student film. Even like, even after I'd gotten that info, I was like, okay, yeah. all right. Like, wow. Um, yeah, that's, that's wild. That's, that's a thing. Like that's, um, edited, I guess. Like, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's wild. And then the other one that blew my mind, because I thought that, uh, again, like, surface level, I was like, okay, this is just the Forrest Gump effect, but they kind of can cheat it a little bit, yeah. is when they go to um, the set of 2001, and they're yeah, talking with yeah. Stanley Kubrick, uh, uh, there was no actual footage in that, aside from uh, Matt Johnson being on a green screen because they went to the Kubrick estate and they were like, hey, this is the movie we're making. That was like the one of the few times they were honest. They were like, this is the movie we're making. Can we have like any footage of Kubrick behind the scenes of 2001? And they basically were like, no, you can't have anything. So wow. they took these like high-res stock photos, or not stock, but like high-res photos of the, of the set like making of the movie and they like went in and like almost like Lightroom, like like keyframed every little like wow. arm movement and like every paper flip and like everyone like the movement of someone's lips and they like took like archive sound of Stanley Kubrick and like put it into like kind of like fake a conversation with with people and, like Jeez, and, yeah. I, and I, I like you don't even think about that like the, the only thing that made me realize that is there's um one line that he says that I recognized from like the making of the shining documentary where he's like talking about lenses and stuff yeah that maybe is oh wait a minute that's not 2001 what did they do and then I looked up how they did it and they it was like this whole like big like Maya project where like wow. they would take like an image of Kubrick and like put it on like a like a stick figure and like keyframe each like individual arm to like puppeteer him throughout the scene <laughs> and it's just oh, it, like it's it's just mind blowing. That's like, incredible! Oh my it, gosh! It, it just keeps on going back to that whole point of like the the movie you make after your student film is this like such a huge ambitious thing because like the, he even says Matt Johnson in an interview at one point he's like we didn't want to go the route of like oh Kubrick's in the other room like you know what I mean like you want to like see Kubrick you want to like yeah. see these historical figures you want to like feel like they're a part of this uh, this like nothing should be cheated. And I think that that's where it really excels is that it it never really, other than like maybe a few like of those like stock footage scenes, like it it never really feels cheated. And that's what I really admire about it. Yeah, it really felt true to form with like the the whole documentary style, the whole found footage style too. And the way that it progresses into that territory of like desperation at the end is, Mm -hmm. is like it, it, it totally distracts you from anything that's going on on the special effects side yeah or or like even the production side like it, it you're just so into the storyline at that point that you're it the the term that i like to use is a uh, suspension of disbelief yeah so yeah. it holds you up there you know you're not you're not questioning like oh is that real or like uh, you know are those bullets like actually coming through that windshield yeah, like yeah. it it, it 
it just slides right past. And talk about masterful, masterful um, storytelling as well, because it, it's a very, yeah. it's 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 a typical drama, and like with like little bits of like comedy throughout. But I feel like especially once the like the plan kicks up, like there's that scene where he's uh, in front of like the border like directors or whatever at the CIA, and he's like, "Here's how we're gonna fake the moon landing." From that scene up until the end, it like gets re- it slowly gets more and more intense, mm-hmm. and it just builds like to that car that car chase. And yeah. like this huge like cacophony of craziness, and it's it's just so like it almost like horrific in some ways. Where it's like you have like the two guys and they're off to the side, and they're like we're being followed. Like, like did you look at our footage? There's like two random guys in the background. Who are those people? Is that the the KGB coming after us? Is that the CIA? Like it's just it's so it, it builds tension so well, yeah, and it makes you scared in the best way because like the, you have the Matt Johnson character who's just like so happy he gets to make his like Moon movie. And the other guy being like, "Dude, we're being fucking hunted by the CIA." Yeah, it yeah. just—it's so, uh, it like it—it it just it builds so perfectly, and the payoff it, it, it like like with the other movie, the payoff is so great. Yeah, yeah, and like the the characters feel so realistic because they're all like flawed in their own ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like you said, the uh, Matt Johnson's character is just over the moon that he's literally going to be literally able to, over the moon. Yeah, uh, <laughs> choice of words, I guess. Um, but that, that he's going to be able to make his movie, you know, yeah, and yeah. Uh, like that is kind of his weakness in a way. You know, he's blinded by some things for that, and meanwhile, his um, his partner is like kind of blinded by his his relationship with his his wife at the time like he's more protective of that so he's trying to pull away constantly like there that mm-hmm. builds tension in their relationship and that leaves you like these questions about what's really going on like with the investigation and and all this stuff like who's really following them right. and who's at fault here like <laughs> it it just like they they build that tension with these flawed character roles so well that you're just you can't help but believe that they're real you know mm-hmm. And it's, it adds to that suspension of disbelief. So, the, I guess last thing we can touch on is uh, the ending. What do you think about that final scene? Oh, jeez. I like... There's there's something, like, warm and fuzzy about a movie ending with CCR. Yeah. Like, coming up, and, <laughs> and you just you, you hear that, wow do and you're I, like... I think it's almost uh, like a cardinal rule where you have to have that if you're making a movie about the 60s. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's got to be in there somewhere, and they used it really well in this context. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, there's a part of it, I don't know, it makes me want more a little bit. It mm-hmm. makes me question what's really going on in this movie. Like, it, it, like it doesn't leave me unsatisfied in any way it's yeah. just that it leaves me with this sense of like anticipation still and I'm just like ooh jeez exactly, yeah. like it, it's kind like, of creepy you the know? one thing that I didn't really think of until like this last time that I watched it is I kind of yeah. I was looking at it through the perspective of um cause he, he, he calls the um the director guy and he's like taunting him like you can't come after me cause I have footage of everything we did everyone will know yeah uh, and the director's like come back and I'll make you your head of your own department which is like kind of what he's like said that he wants throughout the whole movie yeah and I thought up until like this past time I watched it that he he had he made this power move of like you've killed my friend it's not worth it anymore and then he sees like the moon footage on the TV and he's like what have I done all all this was for nothing and that's kind of the perspective I looked at it up until then but like I with this past time I, I rewatched it I kind of looked at it as like well is he reconsidering? the offer when he's yeah. looking at the TV like that and that kind of like you said it, it makes it like so 
it adds that like no don't stop right there you can't end like that but it's yeah. it, it's just it's so it's so masterfully and again for like someone who didn't have a plan at all when they were making right. it it's just it, it's it's insane yeah and like it 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 kind of plays into that like weakness of his flawed character too where it's like he's kind of blinded by that ambition and it it I feel like it's creeping up on him at the end like he's he's watching that and he's kind of gets a little stuck he's like Oh, Should I go back? What did I Look do? Look at what I did, yeah. I'm, I'm almost, like, waiting for him to, like, smile at the end. Yeah, yeah, You know? Yeah. And, like, it, it freaks me out. Like, it, <laughs> ooh, I, that gets me. It's so... It's so creepy yeah. in, like, a weird way. But, yeah, it, like, it's, the it's, anticipation. It's creepy because you're, I, I think you're seeing, like, um, like a good character possibly go bad, but you're not getting any, re- any resolution to it. Yeah. So it makes you think about, like, well, oh, what would happen to me in that situation? And you're... I don't know. Human nature's freaky, man. Like people do weird <laughs> stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's it's a that's a great movie. Thank you. I'm yeah, glad you I enjoyed re- it. I really appreciate that you uh, you gave me that suggestion. Yeah, and it, like and like I said, if you're interested, uh, I think his other his actual student film, which they they still had a, a pretty decent. I think they had like ten thousand dollars or something. They managed oh, yeah. to like scrape up to make it, but like it is very. It's not as like off the wall as this one is, but I think okay. it, it it is a very. Because from the sound of like the, w- the way you talk about it, you kind of valued that whole like character study of like these two guys, and I think yeah. that's what the Dirties really has going for it. Is like it's it's oh, a okay. lot about like these two got these two friends who start off really strong, and then one kind of like starts to go downhill. Yeah, uh, almost the same relationship where Matt Johnson's like they're both like really good buds like right at the start of the movie, and Matt Johnson kind of gets like overtaken by his ambition, and the other okay. guy is like trying to pull him back a little bit. It's still it's the same sort of relationship, but it's done in a very different way. Interesting. And the, and, okay. the, and the payoff is still like, I won't spoil it, but the ending is still like a very similar kind of payoff where it's like, oh no, don't stop there. But gotcha. like, it, it's, okay. it, it's it's great. And obviously, Nirvana, the band, the show is hilarious. Uh, also, they're like kind of in the same style as uh, as the as their movies, which I think if he continues to like do stuff in this. He's almost like because one thing that I, I really it's like a little detail I really like, but anytime you say found footage, people are instantly like Paranormal Activity, Blair Witch Project, yeah. and oh, like yeah. there are like horror elements to both the Dirties and Operation Avalanche, but okay. it's it's not really like the forefront. It's yeah. like it, it it it's it's like a way it's showing like there's there's more to this genre, there's more to this approach to filmmaking. Yeah. And it's I think done very, very well. Like in, in Operation Avalanche it's just sort of like a it's just consequential. Like the yeah. the thriller aspect of it is just like them getting deeper into their job. Like you mm-hmm. kinda kn- I don't know, you, you almost like expect it to happen because it's like, oh they're CIA, they're doing an undercover thing. Like of course it's gonna be tense. Like yeah. but then it like boils to this point point. you're like, Oh jeez, like it, it gets you worked <laughs> up. Um yeah, and I, if if the Dirties has the, the same sort of thing, I'm, I'm excited to check the that Dirties out. The Dirties is a bit more, uh, not like horror, but like a bit more in like this really dark place. Like I'm, Operation okay. Avalanche, I think is very like we are a, a thriller, yeah. And, and and the Dirties is like kind of blurring the line of like drama and like sad character study and kind of like almost like a Greek tragedy. If we're gonna get like really grandiose with it, it's like it's the downfall of like a likable person. Gotcha. But, it, but okay. it's it's again. I won't. I don't want to say any more because I don't want to spoil it. But it is. Yeah, definitely. Let me know what you think if you end up checking that one out. That's because yeah, that's we'll do. We'll do. that's what uh that that's what got me um in the, uh turned on to Operation Avalanche is that gotcha. I, I someone just randomly recommended me the Dirties and I was like oh man I need to see what else this guy's made yeah but, okay uh, cool 
yeah, both of them are great movies. So I guess that's uh, about our time on the Watchless Podcast. Uh, gotcha. Thank you guys so much for watching. Stay fan. Thank you for thank joining me. Thank you for me. having me. Uh, definitely love to have you on again, talk more yeah. freelance stuff, more crazy recommendations. But uh, tune in next time. We're going to have my friend Cody Myers from Kutztown on. Uh, he recommended me. I don't remember who made it. It's I want to say 80s or 90s kind of B-movie Bubba Hotep with, I think, Bruce oh, Campbell. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's in that? Yep, yeah, okay. that's Bruce Campbell. And then I recommended him, again, I don't remember the director, but a 2009 uh, uh, Black Dynamite. So check nice. both of those out if oh, you haven't seen those movies. Uh, you can clearly see Stefan's a, a fan of both of them. So yeah. if that's his reaction, you guys should have the same. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so watch both those movies. Uh, that way you can be in on the conversation for next time. Uh, again, Stefan, thank you so much for coming out and doing this. Cheers, I and appreciate it. Thank you guys for watching the Watchlist Podcast. We'll see you next time.